It's game day, folks. Maple Leafs and Detroit going mano a mano down at Scotiabank Arena for game 81 of the season. We'll preview that game. There's also a bit of an update on Michael Bunting. Now we can get to that. And also the Maple Leafs, or the Marlies rather, have made a interesting signing in the goaltender position. We'll detail all of that and more on today's edition of Locked on Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can also now watch us on video on YouTube. That's Locked On Leafs on YouTube. A couple of things that we got to get into, Dave, before we preview tonight's game between the Leafs and the Red Wings, the second last game of the season, and a chance to clinch home ice officially if they can get uh, get just one point here tonight. Um, Michael Bunting won't play, Dave, but there was an update-ish ish out of him uh, today. So uh, I, I heard Darren Dreger on first up TSN 1050's morning show today. And he was saying that he expects for Michael Bunting to be ready for game one of the playoffs, which is music to my ears. It's not a guarantee. This is the expectation. Keep in mind, the sure. expectation was for Jake Muzzin to play on this road trip that he traveled to and didn't get in the game. So, you know, it's not 100%, but it is the expectation. Massive dodge bullet if he is, in fact, ready to go for the playoffs. Yeah, that would be, like, when we saw the injury and we heard he was going to be out for some time, that usually means seeing him potentially in the playoffs was going to be unlikely, especially in the first round. So that's where I was. my yeah. concern was. So that's that is that should be music to everyone's ears that – Maybe it looked really bad based on, I mean, we don't really, really know what happened. We're basing it off of the one video clip that we saw. But yeah, this is this should be music to a lot of people's ears, knowing that the lineup will look so much different. We went through a whole segment going through what the lineup would look like if he's not there. And it's not bad, but it's better with Michael Bunting in the lineup. So that's that's where the relief should come in for everybody there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this lineup gets pretty thin um, when Michael Bunting's out. Uh, If Andre Kasha can get healthy, I think that would obviously help burden uh, that load a little bit. Speaking of Andre Kasha, actually, he was named uh, named the Bill Masterton nominee for Toronto um, for the uh, Bill Masterton's, like the Perseverance Award. So I think that's pretty neat uh, that he was nominated for that. Hopefully... You know, we, we wish nothing but the best for uh, for 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 Andre Cash, who's still trying to get back out onto the ice here. He's been skating recently, but again, just kind of up in the air for whether or not he's going to be uh, joining the club. But as for Michael Bunting, it does sound like uh, some good news. He will, um, you know, hopefully will join. Um, we should probably hear some 
out of Sheldon Keefe uh, during morning skate. They didn't practice uh, yesterday at all. So I'm not sure exactly what the situation is. This is all just based off of some reports from some of the insiders, but it's definitely a, a good thing if, if Michael Bunting can go. The other question, though, is even if Michael, like Michael Bunting, he, we're not going to see him for the rest of the regular season, but who else do we see for the rest of the regular season? There's a big conversation right now between uh, records and rest. Records or rest? Which side of debate do you sit on here, Dave, when it comes to some of the least big boys like Matthews, like Marner, like uh, Riley? Tavares already took a seat this week. Perhaps Gio could take a seat at some point. Where do you sit on this rest versus records debate? Honestly, if I'm Sheldon Keefe, I go up to Matthews and Marner and I say, you guys, whatever you want to get done for the rest of the regular season, you got against Detroit. That's your opportunity. If not, you're sitting against the Bruins. Yeah. That's where I would go. That's where I go with it. You give them that one last chance because you don't want them to be off a whole week, right? I, I don't think they need that much time off, but if they play against Detroit and then, you know, the next game's on until Friday and then you're going for the playoffs, I think that would be a little more adequate uh, at a time if you're going to give them any time off. And I think, yeah, Matthews and Marner would be the one for the final game. And then you have to kind of mix in what you can actually make work in the lineup too. Yeah. Another name that's uh, going to be interesting to, to keep an eye on, I think is, is also Giordano. He's played a yeah. lot of hockey recently. Uh, Morgan Riley's played all year. Maybe TJ Brody takes the night off and it sounds, well, I, I guess we don't really know exactly, but we were told about a week ago that there was a chance that Rasmus Sandin could factor back into this situation, back into the fold here uh, at some point. And if he's good to go, that would make it a lot easier to sit one of Brody or Riley or Giordano down the stretch if he's ready to go and you can slot him into some games. Technically, home ice isn't locked up 100% yet. It's 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 likely, but it's not 100% locked up. You still need to get at least one of the next four points. You don't want to start a complete AHL squad, although one could argue that Detroit has half an AHL squad over there. Shots fired. Um, so there was some other news in Maple Leafs land today. Uh, the Maple Leafs signed a new goaltender. Why don't we take a, a quick early break? When we get back, I can tell you who that goalie is and why it's a little peculiar because it's not as simple. It's not a, a, a you know, a, so cut and dry this one. It's an intriguing prospect, but there's a backstory here. So I'll tell you about the backstory in just a moment. But before I do, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and that's HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh chefs really know how to di diversify the menu with seasonal recipes like salmon, limon, and pasta primavera. Pick your favorites from 50 different weekly options and skip weeks when you need to or if you want to change your delivery date. Update your preferences all in the HelloFresh app. You can customize your favorite dishes with their new Hello Custom offerings by swapping out one protein or side for another, upgrading for a more luxe experience, or even adding protein to a veggie meal. That means more choices, more variety, and 
more meals truly tailored to you. Uh, go to HelloFresh.com slash Lock16 and use the code Lock16 for up to 16 free meals and get three free gifts. That's three free gifts and 16 free meals when you go to HelloFresh.com using the promo code LOCKEDON16. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morissuti with me. You're ho- we are your hosts here at Locked On Leafs. And Dave, for our uh, YouTube audience, you're in a little, little bit of a different situation. You're doing the pod from the couch today? I am off. I'm out in a different place. I'm at my second home at my Nonda's house. Oh, uh, Nonda's some- house. What'd you have for dinner? What'd you have for dinner? Come on. Nona knew I was coming, man. She knew I was coming. She had, I, you know, Sunday's usually the sauce day, but apparently she saved some. She saved some of the sauce, saved some of the meat, made a nice pasta. Oh, you look like you're high off of food right now. Oh, man. I, I can sleep like a champ tonight. <laughs> it's going to be glorious. Oh, good stuff, buddy. Good stuff. Nothing better than Nona's Nona's pasta. And, and no matter who it is, every, every Italian person thinks that their Nona makes the best pasta. I'm sure yeah, you because are. Because mine does. <laughs> well, no, I think actually mine does. But sorry, you could be mistaken about that, Dave. That's okay. Um, <laughs> so the Maple Leafs, they got the Detroit Red Wings tonight. We'll preview that game in just a moment. But before we kind of get into it, um, before we took a break there, I was kind of hinting at the Maple Leafs making a signing today, bringing in a goaltender from the NCAA, Dryden McKay, who's the recent Hobie Baker winner um, for the best player in college hockey, just the third goaltender in history to actually do that, which is kind of cool. Um, and this is a big deal because he's a great goaltender i mean i'm, I'm not gonna lie like I'm, I'm not out here scouting this kid myself but you just look at the stats 140 games in the ncaa um at minnesota state uh he ended up winning the frozen four this year and he was 113 20 and four over that 140 game span 26 shutouts with a 146 goals against and a 932 save percentage through 140 games that's pretty good, pal. That's pretty good. Now, the college level, a little bit different than uh, the pros, obviously. But, I mean, this guy knows how to how to stop pucks. That's for sure. And he's just the third goaltender to win the Hobie Baker Award. Yeah, I said like, that already. Yeah, like, but, like, I'm thinking, but, like, when you really think about it, like, look at the other goaltender that won it. Uh, Rob Stauber. I don't know too much about Rob, unfortunately. The other one? Do you know who the second one was? I don't. Ryan Miller. Ooh, he went on to have a hell of a career. Now, I understand that McKay is an older gentleman in terms of, uh, you know, he's going into this as a 26-year-old. Yeah. You know, he's not like a young, but let's also not forget this guy's had a full NCAA career. They're not, these guys aren't 18, 19. Like, this isn't like a Matthew Nice situation. Right. But. I think this is this is the type of move the Leafs need to capitalize on because you need to find every avenue to add goaltending depth. We have found out how yeah. crucial it is. Do not ha- only have you know a good starter, a backup. Yeah. You need a third guy, and in some cases, you need like the fourth or fifth guy. Well, that's what we're down to with Shawgren, right? Like Shawgren technically is the fourth guy on the depth chart. 
right? Jack Campbell one, Peter Mrazek two. Joseph Wall was that third guy, but both Cam or both um, well, at one point it was all three of those guys. Shalgren was number one, and Hutchinson was number two. But you know, we're down to Shalgren as the backup, and again, came into the year as the four five, whatever he ended up being, um, and now is this team's de facto number two through injury. So yeah, you definitely need to have uh, some depth at the goaltending position throughout your entire organization. Now this isn't the first time, and it's certainly not something that, uh, that they haven't done recently when it comes to signing goalies out of college. Just last summer, they signed Keith Petrozilli out of college as well. He was a former Detroit draft pick, ended up going to college and became a, a, a college free agent. And he signed after a pretty good, uh, rookie camp this past year with the Maple Leafs and he was playing in the ECHL had some pretty good numbers so he's a, a name that's kind of in the mix here as well uh, Joseph Wall is a former NCAA product he's going to be in the mix Shalgren he'll be in the mix and now this is just another player to drum up that competition from within it's just another dart throw you know just throwing darts at the board hopefully one lands you hit and uh, Dryden McKay like you said a little bit of an older player so you know prospect i don't know if you want to use that term but uh he's somebody and look let's be honest man how many goalies are we seeing in today's nhl break out late into their 20s like 28 29 30 jack campbell's a perfect example of that jacob markstrom a perfect example of that you know so maybe dryden mckay at 26 doesn't seem like there's a long runway for him to get going before he could be an nhl product i'm not putting ryan miller type of stress on this guy but you know a couple of years in the minors then by 27 28 29 years old maybe he becomes a, a decent you know tandem goaltender or a backup of some kind maybe he does become ryan miller or jack campbell or you know if he can become a, a you know a jacob markstrom that'd be awesome too who finds his game late and i, I know that those guys were high draft picks but they're guys who just found their game late in their career I'm not going to put that type of stress on the guy, but I think that uh, it's 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 really in terms of him as a prospect. I, I like the move. Now, the part that's intriguing about the signing, though, because we can all attest to. It. I mean, the guy won the Hobie Baker. Clearly, is the terrific player and, and and an intriguing goalie in that respect on the ice. Off the ice, Dave, why don't you dive into it a little yeah. bit? What happened with this cat earlier this season? which kind of makes you raise an eyebrow. Ever so since. he, he actually, so the reason why he's not joining the Marlies this year is he's actually not able to, because he, he got flagged uh, just before the Olympics. So he was named to the Olympics. If you want to get another idea of how good this goaltender is. Yeah. Unfortunately, there was an investigation done by the United States anti-doping agency, USADA, um, he tested positive for a substance called Osterin. So it's, it was used. So it was in something he was taking to help him avoid the effects of COVID. Right. So the thing was, it was an, it would have been a longer ban. Yeah. It would have been a longer ban but the reason why it wasn't was because he was actually able to get it reduced because it was an accidental dose, meaning right. that the trace of it was so small and the product that he took it from accidentally got tainted by something else. 
So he yeah. didn't mean he didn't mean to like it's not something he was trying to like obviously do. It just happened. Uh, he hired a lawyer. They went through this massive process mm-hmm. to fight this case, and you know, obviously, you're always in control of what you put in your body. You got to read all the labels. You got to make sure that everything is you know up and you know through I, through. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I yeah. thought I heard like one of the defense was that whatever drug it was that he kind of failed or performance enhancing drug that he he tested for wasn't on the label. Like you said, it was more of a no. cross contamination thing and it just happened to get in whatever, you know, mix that he was taking and he got popped for it, but it wasn't even on the label. And I think that was a massive part for why they were able to get this, uh, this reduced by quite a bit. Yeah. Cause they actually sent over, they had the company sent over another sample yeah, and it actually proved that okay, it actually did get this sample he took did get tainted because usually this thing doesn't get taken. And and the thing is, is what he took is a plant based antioxidant, and anti inflammatory. So these plant based sort of anti like these things you have to be very careful because they're very prone to having this cross contamination stuff happen, and. Yeah, so he had to get it reduced. He eventually did. It it meant missing out on, you know, the Frozen Four and all those other the big moments of his career after he had such a great season. So it it was very unfortunate, but, you know, he owned up to that. I made the mistake of taking it, even though I didn't know exactly what... No, I did wrong because I didn't realize that what I was I was taking was a tainted substance. But um, yeah, I it's the the fortunate thing is this this could have been a lot worse. I think it would have been four years, a four year ban. Now it's just six months. So he's fortunate in that regard. It's unfortunate that he missed out on other things in his career. But now he has bigger and better things to worry about. Yeah, so uh, according to Elliot Friedman, he will be free and clear and able to participate. Um, He'll be eligible to voluntarily enter the organization's facilities on August 25th and will be able to play for the Marlies on October 11th. So that's when uh, he'll be able to play again for this club. So, Which I was a little bit surprised by, to be honest. I didn't think that um, this was like the suspension was going to carry over into his pro career. Clearly I was wrong. That is the case. And it seems like that is going to happen. It's not going to cost him significant time, but uh, you know, it's a reason why he can't go and play right now. Like a lot of these kids who are signing out of college, go play a couple of games with the, the AHL team. And, you know, so we'll have to wait a little bit to see Dryden McKay in a, in a Marley's uniform. And then hopefully in a couple of years, uh, he's up with the big club doing some good things. But an intriguing prospect, an interesting story. Um, but I think uh, nonetheless, absolutely worth the dart throw uh, to to bring this guy on board. I just want to see if there's anything that, uh, yeah. So I saw today in The Athletic, um, Scott Wheeler wrote about him and he was asked like, what's his ceiling? What's his ceiling? And the answer he gave is uh, when most people talk about McKay, they undercut his success with questions about his size. So he's a smaller goaltender at five foot 11 uh, and a little bit of, of a lack of, of athleticism for that size. 
but he talked about how this year he was so, so good. And uh, what else did he say? Lately, there's been a wave of small goalies who are answering those same questions. And you can look back to UC Soros, who's been doing that, to be quite honest with you. Uh, what else is he saying here? I'm reading it on the fly, but looks like he's got to prove himself in the AHL, but he has a habit of doing that his whole career. I would have bet against him, he says. So he's uh, an extremely technical and positionally sound goaltender who holds his lines and swallows a lot of first shots, meaning there aren't many second ones. So no rebounds, great rebound control. Like to hear that. Uh, so that's just, a, I guess, a little bit on, on McKay. A quick scouting report by um, the Athletics Scott Wheeler, friend of the show, Scott Wheeler, actually. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see if he ends up, um, you know, making a uh, some headway here in the city of Toronto, whether it is with the Marlies or with the Maple Leafs. But uh, either way, welcome to the Toronto family, Dryden McKay, your 2022 Hobie Baker Award winner. Uh, all right, why don't we uh, take one more quick break, and then when we get back, uh, let's tee up tonight's game. Leafs in Detroit, Toronto. A chance to do a whole lot of stuff tonight. They can, you know, get those get those records. They can get those milestones and also get home ice advantage. So we'll get to all that more when we return. But first, Dave, why don't you tell us about today's show sponsor at Rock Auto. Yep, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of all these different cars, it's becoming even more impossible to find all the auto parts you need at your little auto parts store. So why do the countless checking, oh, let me go see what we have in the back here. Pop open your computer or check on your phone and go over to rockauto.com. It's that simple. You can do it at home and you can even do it, you know, take a phone out of the pocket, bing, bang, done. Saving time and money when using Rock Auto. Why should you spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have reliably low prices for every customer and have everything you can need for brake parts, tail lamps, motors, and even a brand new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to all your auto parts needs. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us section so they know we sent you there. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morissuti with me. We are your hosts here at Locked On Leafs, the best only daily Maple Leafs podcast in all the land. And uh, if it's your first time with us, thank you so much for giving us a shot. Hopefully you enjoyed yourself and you can hit subscribe if you're listening through audio. Also, if you're listening via YouTube, hit subscribe, smash that like button, leave us a comment below. Let us know your thoughts on today's episode, uh, even if you just want to say hello, you know, hello to all those folks out there. We actually have a couple of... Uh, a couple of questions. I guess it's only one question. There's a couple of uh, statements, I suppose, that was brought up in our last video that I think maybe we can get to in in this game. One of them will have to do with tonight's game. Um, Ron Sampson, who's a, a daily listener of the pod, because he seems to comment a couple of times. So appreciate you listening here, Ron. And uh, he asked this question of us. Uh, he said, Ron here, boys, let me know what you think about giving Blackwell a shot with Matthews and Marner. 
Fast like Bunting to get in on the forecheck, plays a nice physical game for his size, doesn't take stupid penalties, is smart defensively, and has a really good hockey IQ. Yep, that's that Harvard in him. Uh, uh, let me know what you think. I'll be listening tomorrow morning, as I always do. Appreciate it, Ron. We're going to answer that question for you right now. So tonight, Michael Bunting, not in the lineup. We know that. Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, we assume will be in the lineup. Could be their last game of the season. And if that's the case, would you like to perhaps get a glimpse of a Colin Blackwell alongside them tonight? Yeah, I wouldn't hate it. I mean, you he's he's done very well when put into certain situations. Like, he had to anchor the fourth line, you know, when it looked like the fourth line was going to be a problem. And he, he put him at the, at the center role, and all of a sudden, things sort of stabilized. <clears throat> I, I would really like to maximize somebody like that who, you know, he wasn't just brought here as a filler for the Jordan trade. He was brought here because he could provide something to the team. Well, see what he can do in a situation like this, right? We're, we were trying to figure out who exactly could fit beside Matthews and Marner. I didn't think about Blackwell because I thought, uh, maybe they want to keep him down the middle and keep that center depth going. But after what how Spezza played against Washington, I'd be okay if they say, okay, we'll put Spezza on the fourth line. Let's give Blackwell that chance uh, on the top line. I wouldn't hate it. You got to make sure you're going through all the options available to you. And Blackwell, he's done some good things when given the opportunity to. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm not as sold, I guess, on the on the idea as, as you are. Like, would he be okay in that role? Yeah, I think he would be. He's a smart hockey player. He can get up and down the ice. But I think that there would be there's like the there's a longer list of guys in front of him that I'd rather try in that role. Ilya Mikheyev. I'd probably even put Pierre Engvall ahead of him in that role. Potentially, you could toss Kerfoot back up there. Nylander, obviously. We've discussed potentially calling up Nick Robertson. I think all of those guys would be options ahead of Colin Blackwell for me. It's not necessarily a detriment to Blackwell. I think it's more so just I think I know what he is, right? He's a bottom six player who is very effective in his own end. He's a good defensive player, and he's got a little bit of speed. And I just think that that's where he's suited. So I believe I would keep him there and have a little bit more skill up there on that top line with those guys. Um, cause not only like, yeah, he's, he can get in on the four check and he's speedy, you know, like Bunting and McKayev, but he doesn't have that offensive flair that we've seen with the guys who've had the most success uh, alongside, uh, Matthews and Marner. So, I mean, I wouldn't like sit there and be like, Keith, what are you doing? But there's definitely more, uh, you know, combinations I would try before I get to Blackwell on that line. If I'm being completely honest, um, question for you when it comes to Jake Muzzin, again, there was no practice yesterday, so we don't know what the lines are going to look like. Uh, but in terms of the blue line, if Jake Muzzin doesn't play tonight and let's say also doesn't play on Saturday or on Friday in the final game of the season, like how big to you is this week going to be? For Jake Muzzin, if he plans on being an option for this team in the playoffs, because I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if he's someone I just want to toss in there come game one. If he feels he's good enough to go, not sure that uh, that I'd be comfortable putting him out there, even if it's as as a third pair defender. 
I just I, there needs to be some gameplay ahead of getting him out there if there are better alternative options like we have now with Hall, Lilligren, and we'll see what ends up happening with Sandine over the next couple of games. But are you with me? You think that this is a big week for, for Jake Muzzin, and hopefully we do get to see him tonight in Detroit? Similar to Frederick Anderson last year, right? Yeah. I'm not comfortable putting a guy in the playoffs where it goes from 0 to 100 really quick, mm. especially a guy that hasn't played that much even when he came back. Well, right? and this is the guy who, like, foot speed's an issue with him. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and they're not playing a team that – they're like significantly better than right. This is a team that they're going to be neck and neck with. Most, I mean, we're most likely assuming Tampa, right? So, like, this is a team that they're already almost on equal footing with. You don't want to give Tampa a reason to think, oh, they're putting in a guy that we can maybe take advantage of. So, I need to see Jake Muzzin this week in one of these two games. Yeah. I know, I know, you want to do the right thing by him as a veteran and all those things. I get that. But again, I'm always about what's best for the team. And if Jake Muzzin is just not able to play this week, I gotta, I gotta, you gotta be honest with him and just be like, we, we need to go with the best, the lineup that gives us the best chance to win. Yeah, and I'm not sure uh, an unhealthy Muzzin is is one of the top six guys that do that. I'm just not, not, not convinced of it. Uh, as for tonight's game against Detroit, here's my take. When it comes to the whole rest versus records debate, which we started to get into a little bit at the beginning, I'm with you. When you say this is your game to go out and try and get what you need to get, you got to do it tonight. I mean, they put up a 10 spot on this team a couple of months ago, so they could go out there and put on an absolute show, put on a clinic. Matthews could score his two goals. Martin needs, what, three or four, three or four points? Mm-hmm. Yeah, three or four points. Yeah, I think I've... he could go and get that. Uh, like, obviously, it's tough. It's not easy to have a 4.9 in the NHL. But against Detroit, it's a little bit more – what's the word I'm looking feasible. for? Feasible. 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 Yeah, feasible to do it against a team like Detroit. And if I'm Sheldon Keefe, I'm like, okay, Nylander, Matthews, Marner, go do your thing, terrorize the Detroit Web Wings team, and just try and put up as much goals as possible early in the game. And then you could coast from there, get your records, get to those milestones and then coast. And then you don't have to worry about trying to get those in game 82 against Boston. You can really get these guys another night off. Um, Perhaps you you could try and do that, but that only becomes a thing if you get them those records in this game against Detroit. So I'm of the belief that you stack up that top line tonight. I want to see Willie Matthews and Marner together. And the way that they played against Florida in particular, they were unbelievable. They had like a, a 97% expected goals, um, goals for in that game. If the goaltender, like the goaltender tonight, whether it's Grice or whether it's going to be, um, who's the other goalie there? Wow, I'm blanking. Rookie of the year last year or was nominated. Came over oh. Carolina. Nadelkovich. Nadelkovich, yeah. So whether it's Grice or it's Nadelkovich, these are two goaltenders who aren't stopping pucks right now. So they're not Sergei Bobrovsky. I, I truly believe that this is a night where they it could be point night for these guys. 
Let's go and get it done. Lock up those records. Lock up first place. Only one point tonight to lock up uh, second place, sorry. Lock up home ice advantage. I think that they, they get it done. It's a bit of a point night for the Leafs against Detroit. What do you think? Yeah, this this is the <coughs> sorry. Somebody was saying that this this could get have a bit of an exhibition feel to it. Yeah, this this could definitely be one of those where you want to get you want to try to secure the win, secure the point, but you also keep in mind that guys are going to try to push towards some of those those goals that they have as well, and maybe cheat a little bit to get it done. That's what I was going to get to. Like when you talk about exhibition, it, it will have that cheating feeling where you might end up cheating to get that offense, to try and get that offense. And we could see a track meet. Like to me, the over tonight seems like a good play. Like if I'm at bet online and I want to play an over or I want to make a, a, a play on this game, I'm taking the over like that. that That's just what I'm thinking. It's like six and a half, seven goals. I'm going over on that one. Um, just because I think Toronto is going to be able to go out and score, and if they are cheating a little bit, might leave them a little vulnerable. Could could be vulnerable, and they could get scored on as well. We saw what a 10-7, 10-8 affair between these two teams, like legitimately a, a yeah. couple of weeks ago or a month or so ago. So it's it's possible. It's possible we could see another track meet here uh, if that's the case. And then the last question for you, Jack or Shalgren? Oh, that's a good one. <sighs> I'm I'm probably going to lean towards Jack because you give Jack this one, then he has the rest of the week. Yeah, I think I would uh, tend to agree with you on that one, and then which means tomorrow, which means that Eric Schalger is going to be starting. Like we already Bra- yeah. <laughs> like, you're right. Which means Schalger will probably get the start. You're right. That's usually how things go. No, honestly, I think uh, you, you get him to start here Tuesday and then he's, he's done for a week. He can rest up and get set for the playoffs. I, I think that's probably uh, a, a smart thing. The only issue is if they play poorly and they do cheap for that offense and they allow a bunch of two on ones the other way and a bunch of, uh, you know, really good high, high danger scoring chances for Detroit. He's got some speed like Larkin and, and Lucas Raymond and Tyler Bertuzzi, um, you know, they, on the counterattack, if, if you're cheating for offense, they could go down the other way and make, you know, have some really good scoring chances. And that's been the one Achilles heel that's kind of persisted with Jack Campbell this season is that high danger save percentage is still among the, the worst in the NHL. I was looking about, I was looking at his statistics because I thought that he's actually played well as of late um, since coming back from this latest bout of injuries. He's got a, a 9.21 save percentage at five on five in the month of April. Um, he hasn't lost in regulation, so I, I feel like Jack Campbell is starting to get back and have a bit of a, a resurgence here. 13th in the NHL in uh, goal saved above average as well uh, in the month of April. So we're starting to see some solid play out of him, and the worry there is can it all get blown up in one game if you try and cheat for offense and just don't play very well? Like, would you maybe be better off playing Shogger and knowing like, Hey, this could be, you know, a back and forth game. Um, and then you play Jack Campbell where you're going to be going up against the Boston Bruins who probably also will be icing a, a not full lineup 
And you could, and, and when you're not icing a full lineup, you'll have guys who are going to be there that might try a little bit harder in that game. And it could turn out to be, you know, a, a much tighter affair than what Detroit and Toronto could end up being. Am I reading into it too much? Maybe a little bit. Like, I don't think you want, you want to do your best to give your goaltender an easier night, but you also, I don't mind if Jack gets tested a little bit either. Uh, one thing I will say though, Dylan Larkin won't be a problem because he's done for the rest of the season. True. But they do have a bunch of other guys that can you know, score goals and also do Tyler Bertuzzi can't cross the border, so he also is uh, not going to be an issue tomorrow night either. So I, I just think this is also a Detroit team that's had their ups and downs. So I I'm not exactly you know. I'm not against the idea of putting Jack in here just because, yeah, they might they might not play their best game, but they might not play their best game in the playoffs, and you need to make sure Campbell's got that mentality of okay, my bo- the guys aren't in it right now, I can get them out, of, I can I can support them, right? I I, I think I, I think this is just will be an easier an easier one regardless. I think Boston, let's say they have something to play for on Friday. Let's say they might still have a chance to get sec- uh, third. Then it changes things a little bit in terms of how the Leafs will play. But I just think if you have a plan or if the Leafs had already planned out how the week goes, nothing should change their minds. Just stick to the plan. Whatever you feel is best going into the playoffs, you just stick with that. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Uh, I just want to bring both sides of the argument, and that's you- what we did here. We got both sides of the argument in uh, all right, Dave, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Follow Lockdown Leafs as well. And you can now find us on YouTube. And uh, please hit subscribe, like, comment below uh, your thoughts on today's pod, your thoughts on how this game might go down. Uh, do all that, and, and we would really, really appreciate it. Also, if you're on Apple um, Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review as well, what you think of the show, what you think of the pod. That'd be greatly appreciated uh, as well. All right, that does it for us today. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. We will be breaking down the game against the Detroit Red Wings. Will we be breaking down a bunch of records? Will we be celebrating? Come Wednesday morning. What do you think, Dave? What do you think? Last prediction of the show. I think so. I think this is a game the Leafs should. I mean, we already think the Leafs should win this game based on how Detroit season has gone. But, no, I think this is considering how things went in Washington. They seem to get a nice pep in their step. I want to see them carry that momentum over against Detroit. I like the optimism. I think Matthews hits 60. I think Marner comes up just. Just a little shy. I think he comes up a little shy. I do. I do. But we'll see. We'll see. Should be uh, should be a fun game at the very least. Uh, a high-scoring, entertaining affair. At least that's what I'm hoping for as we get uh, down to the nitty-gritty, the final couple of games of the regular season. All right, we'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.